Good afternoon. Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, the messenger, John Rosenberg, live from Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to discuss did Jamaican or Puerto Rican did, did um, create um, hip-hop? Now, I already spoke about that. On this episode, we will talk about also Fat Joe. Fat Joe and Buster Rhymes should be canceled, period, if they don't apologize. Now, those of us who grew up in the early 90s, in the 80s, even in the 70s in New York City, particularly in Brooklyn, Bronx, and Queens, New York, Long Island, you know exactly where I'm going with this conversation. In life, the, you must tell the truth no matter what, okay? No matter what, you must tell the truth. Nobody's perfect. We're not here to judge anybody, but we have to tell the truth about everything. Now, that being said, the argument have been, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with Buster Rhyme. Buster Rhyme have the audacity to even say, to even out of his mouth, that Jamaican influenced hip-hop 90%. Now, Fat Joe said 50-50, and he's dead wrong on that 50-50 stuff. But, Let's focus on Buster Rhyme. Woo-ha! Let's focus on Buster Rhyme. Now, Buster Rhyme, for those of us who don't know who he is, is a Jamaican-American. He's a Jamaican-American rapper. Now, he started in a group called The Leader of the New School. And they were from Long Island, okay, New York City, Long Island. That's where they were from. That's the group. If you go Google it right now, you'll see that's, that's where he got his start. He was doing ciphers, but then he joined the group in the late 80s. Then he, um, the scenario, he had a scenario, uh, a joint with, um, with um, Q-Tip called The Scenario. So those of us who grew up in the early 90s, late 80s, in the 80s, you know exactly who I'm referring to. Now, for a long time, for almost over a decade, Boston Rhyme never claimed Jamaica, okay? He's a, he's a, all his swagger, his style, his delivery, everything was foundation black. He, he was not sounding like a Jamaican. He was not rapping like a Jamaican. Now he's rapping like a Jamaican. Boston Rhyme really started rapping like a Jamaican, you can say, in the late 90s, early 2000s. But prior to that, those of us who follow his music, he was not rapping in Jamaican, Jamaican um, patois, okay? Stop with the buffoonery. Stop with the bullshit. He was not rapping in Jamaican patois. He was mostly rapping in, in what you call American swag, American style of music. Now, then Pink Rock came out too. He said the same thing. And Pink Rock too, he's Jamaican-American. He's a DJ, also a producer. Pink Rock, he had that song back in 1992, uh, Reminiscing. They reminisce over you, my God. Remember that joint? Reminisce? So he had that hit back in 92. So, I mean, the guy is a great DJ. I love him. I really like his style. He's a great DJ. Nobody can refute that unless you ask him on. He's a great producer, too. But Jamaican influenced rap. Those of you who are following music, like myself, Bob Marley was doing R&B ballads, okay? Bob Marley... The legend, the, the reggae legend, was doing R&B ballads back in the 60s, okay? He wanted to create a whole new genre. He create, and I, I don't even think he was the first one to create reggae in Jamaica. It was um, 
there's another guy, um, I forgot his name, um, Bobby something. But those, are, those of you who are Jamaican know what I'm talking about, who I'm referring to. So he wasn't the first pioneer of Jamaican reggae music. He was one of the pioneers, but he took, beside Johnny Nash, I said, Johnny Nash popularized reggae music in the States. But Bob Marley took it global, okay? We're going to give it to Bob Marley. But the first person that made it popular in the state was Johnny Nash. Okay, he had this he had the hit Stir It Up, and he had the hit I Can See Clearly Now The Rain Is Gone. That's Johnny Nash. He created that um, music. He, so what I'm saying is that Buster Rhyme must apologize, okay? He must apologize. Re- Jamaican culture not, do not influence Black American culture. It's the it's the other way around. It's Black American culture that influenced Jamaican culture. You can see it a lot of, in the eighties and the nineties. A lot of Jamaican artists was doing like R and B ballads, R and B. We made in a whole bunch of songs in our and reggae. They start doing it in the for me for my they start doing it late eighties. Then they start doing it heavily in the nineties. They were just doing remix. Reggae remix, okay? Now, who who brought, who tear down the wall for Jamaican artists as far as hip-hop? It must be Supercat. Supercat, unequivocally, without a shadow of doubt, he was the one. Then after him was Shabba Ranks. Ding-a-ling-a-ling, school bell ring, bum, booyaka, booyaka. Shabba Ranks was right behind him. Then Patra came, okay? Those of us who grew up in New York City particularly Brooklyn, New York, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Jamaican did not influence hip-hop. It was hip-hop that influenced reggae. It was the other way around. For Buster Rhymes to make that statement, said Jamaican, 90% Buster, really? 90%? You didn't say 10% or 5%. You said 90%. You got some damn nerve, bro. You see, this is what's going to happen to you guys. Black American gonna start boycotting your shows, and he's gonna see. You gotta pay homage. You must pay homage to Black American culture, and those of us. And then on top of that, to follow up with that nonsense he just stated, he said Black American doesn't have a culture. Oh my God! I said really, Buster. Black American doesn't have a culture. Are you high on cocaine? Are you delusional? Are you just playing crazy? Where does those guys get those those? Where did they make those statements from? Black Americans do have a culture. Rock and roll, that's them. Jazz, that's them. R&B, that's them. Blues, that's them. Country music, bluegrass, that's also foundation Black American. That's not Jamaican. That's not Puerto Rican. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna switch over to Puerto Rico soon. Let me finish on Buston Ram. This is why they, they should boycott Buston Ram. I'm not buying his record until he's apologized to Foundation Black American. Uh, foundation Black American. And we all should have the same. I know some of you guys are buffooned anyway, but we should cancel Buster Rhyme if he doesn't apologize for the statement he made. You guys were poor. You make millions of dollars from hip hop. You got your Bentley, your all your big houses. Where you get that money from? From hip hop. Hip hop give you that that avenue, open the door for you, for you to prosper. It was not reggae. Reggae didn't open the do- that door for you. It was hip-hop. So now you want to say that black American doesn't have a culture. That's, that's the audacity. That's the nerve that he have. And same thing with Prophet Joe. 
Go show me in Puerto Rico in the 60s where they would be, in the 70s in Puerto Rico, where Puerto Rican was uh, b-boying, where Puerto Rican was graffiti, where Puerto Rican was rapping. And if you guys were so nice in rapping like that, how come you don't have a top 10 MCs, let alone top 20? I told you last episode, I said, Big Pun was the only, only land rapper I would have put in the top 20. Not top 10, top 20, but we never know why would he become. But he had the bars. He was a lyricist. He was a wordsmith. Okay? I listened to his records. So, Fadjo is not a wordsmith. You know, he can rap, but he's not a lyricist. So, what I'm saying is that Fadjo said Puerto Rican was involved. Now, they were there. They're not the pioneer or the inventors of that art form. Okay? A lot of Puerto Rican, you heard it before, and I'm about to reinstate it here again. They were calling that music jungle music. Let me repeat it again. Puerto Rican in New York City, the state of New York, particularly in the Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens. And I've heard it, but from the old cats. But back then, I was, I was not, I didn't know the history. So the more I, I researched, the more I found, you know, I listened to hip-hop, the old school hip-hop. That's when I started knowing where it begins, who influenced it. And now I get a better comprehension as I get older. But back then, I was like, hey, that was very disrespectful. You guys was calling it jungle music, which is disrespectful. Extremely disrespectful. Now this thing, this conglomerate has become a trillion dollar industry. Now you want to claim it for your own. Let me see. Black American is not claiming salsa. And salsa is Cuban. It's not Puerto Rican. Black American is not claiming merengue. Black American is not claiming bachata. Black American is not claiming samba. Okay? Those are all, you know, black people from South America. They're not claiming those genre of music. Black American never claimed reggae. They never claim reggae or calypso or zouk or compa. But they don't claim those genre of music because they didn't influence it. Okay? They didn't participate in it. Okay? So they don't claim those uh, genres. They always pay up. They always give credit where credit is due. Why can't you guys return the favor to black Americans? And this is what Tariko is saying. They need to gatekeep their culture because it's a gift and a curse. Shout out to Tariq Nasheed. Now, I don't see out of eye with Tariq on a lot of things, but that statement was truly, he was spot on. He said, they're very welcoming. They welcome everybody. Everybody, everybody. They, their grandma, their grandpa, their sisters, their co- they have, welcome everybody and the children. Everybody's welcome to black culture, but black re- culture is not welcome to everybody's culture. So that's a gift and a curse for black American. We're not talking about African here. Same thing go with African with the Afrobeats nonsense. They like to claim the oh, Afrobeats was popping. No, Afrobeats was not popping until black American make it pop, okay? A lot of you guys was listening to uh, Afrobeats in Africa and in Europe, yeah, but it wasn't popping in the States until black American got involved in it. Same thing with reggae. Reggae wasn't popping in the States in the 70s, in the 80s. Reggae got their big break in the early 90s, especially uh, hip-hop reggae. We're not talking about reggae, the genre itself. The genre got its big break in the late 70s. But I'm saying... Hip-hop reggae got his big break in the mid-90s with Supercat. Supercat was the one. It was the only artist that was doing remix with a lot of people. 
with Biggie, with um, a lot of, with Nas, a lot of artists, they were using Supercat as the only reggae artist. Then come Sean Paul in, in, the, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Sean Paul took over. And Shabba Ranks, Maxi Priest, he was singing reggae ballads back in England. But Maxi Priest, he had to pay homage to Black Eye. He had to come to the United States for him to become a global icon. Yes, he was known in England, but United States, nobody knew who he was until he came to the States. Started making, um, he started making music with Shabba Ranks and everything, and the rest was history. But you guys... So forgetful, so ungrateful. That's the ungratefulness. And like I said on many podcasts, every creed, every race, every nationality should pay homage to black American. They are the foundation of this nation. No other people come close to it except Caribbeans. That's it. No only except Caribbean, but they are the foundation of this nation. They built this nation from scratch. They created all those genres, all those inventions. They are the standard. They set the trend for the world. Okay? The reason why they were so welcoming because they're so creative. You go to TikTok now, they got a dance grave every other week or every month they have a new dance grave, a new, a new style of stuff. They, they always creating stuff. That's why they get bored with stuff. Now, 10 years from now, 100 years from now, you're going to say Eminem is the fucking godfather of hip-hop. You guys going to say that. But what I'm saying is, Fat Joe needs to be canceled. So is um, Buster Ram if they don't apologize. We need to boycott their concert. Don't buy no ticket from them. Now they got money. Now they make plenty of money rapping. They make plenty of they blow their money on jewelry, on cars. But Buster Ram and Fat Joe have made millions and millions of dollars uh, on hip hop. Okay, you cannot say Puerto Rican. You know, was dead, dead, you know, 50-50, Puerto Rican, 50-50. How? When? Where? How are they 50-50? And how Jamaican all 90%? 90% was around. And Pink Rock followed through the same nonsense. He says that, oh, Jamaican culture influenced oh, 90%. Cool Hurts? Cool Hurts was a DJ. He was doing big, breaking the breaks for people to dance. But they were all, all the artists, all the DJing. Foundation Black DJ that was doing that stuff way before him. He knows that. In New York City, that they were doing the breaks too. Most of them was doing disco breaks, but they were also doing hip-hop breaks. And graffiti, oh my God, let me start with the graffiti part. Graffiti, Black American was doing graffiti since the 60s. So, and in breakdancing, that goes back to the 30s. You have, if you watch a lot of those jazz shows and jazz documentary. They show you black men doing windmill back in the 30s. We're talking about 1930s. We ain't talking about 50s and 60s. We're talking 1930s. Black men was doing windmill on their head back then. So show me a Puerto Rican that was doing that in the 1930s. Even in the 1970s, there was no Puerto Rican doing that stuff. Puerto Rican, they were there in the early 80s. You have a few of them that was there in the late 70s. But as a conglomerate, like I said in the last podcast, Puerto Rican came in the mid-90s. That's when they all jump in on, on the boat. They say, ah, we're not going to, we got to hop on this train before it left us behind. Okay, this is the black American art. It's not Puerto Rican, it's not Jamaican, it's not Haitian, it's not African. 
It's definitely not European. This is a black American art which have become a global phenomenon. Hip-hop have become a global phenomenon. Okay? It has become surpassed rock and roll in the past 30 years now. It's already surpassed. I think hip-hop surpassed, uh, it surpassed rock and roll back in, uh, in the late 90s. That's when it passed rock and roll as the number one music genre in the world. So what I'm saying to you guys, black Americans let you participate. Just because they let you participate in the culture, that doesn't give you ownership. I'm going to give you another example. It's like somebody invited to a party. Now, they are the host. So the host, they cook the food, they prep the food, they invite everybody to the party. But you're just a guest. Most of us are guests in hip-hop. Okay? We're not the hostess. We're not the pioneer. We're not the cook. We're not nothing. We're just a guest. We participate in it because we love the, the genre. And back to Puerto Rican. When I was growing up in the 90s, I, I hang out with a lot of Puerto Rican. I'll go to the house. Mostly I'm going to hear Tito Puente records, sometimes Mark Anthony records. I was not hearing Ron DMC. Uh, I was not hearing those records. Nobody got a household. None. Zero. Except a few of them. And I had Puerto Rican friends who got into it with their own parents about hip-hop. They didn't like that. They didn't like them playing hip-hop music in their house. My friend Jose, he used to curse his mother out because of that. Sometimes I say, you know what? Yo, just, just turn off the radio. Just stop. Just stop. Just turn off the radio. She don't want to listen to hip-hop. Don't, don't. She want to listen to Tito Puentes. Let's play, let her play Tito Puentes. But what I'm saying is that they didn't influence the culture. They participate. They did not, they, they were not the originator of the culture. They, they were not, the, Puerto Rican wasn't the pioneer of, of hip-hop. So is Jamaican. They all participate. And then Puerto Rican, it was hip-hop that influenced Puerto Rican culture. Not Puerto Rican culture influenced hip-hop. Same thing with Jamaican. Jamaican got influenced by um, American culture, not the other way around. So for you to say this, Jamaican did 90% and black American doesn't have a culture. Like, what, what the hell does Buster Rhyme talking about? Is he high? We need to check Buster Rhyme if he's high on cocaine. Because that's a bold statement to make. To say with a straight face, Jamaican, 90% of it was influenced by Jamaican. I'm like, dude, pump your fucking brakes. Are you high? You must be high. How could Jamaican be 90% involved in hip-hop? No, that's a hell to the no. Same thing with Puerto Rican. How could Puerto Rican be 50-50 when they were the first one, those Morenos, oh, Moreno music. I ain't fucking with this Moreno music. Those jungle music. That's what you guys was calling in the 80s. And I remember a lot of, the, <clears throat> a lot of Puerto Rican, they were mostly listening to dance music, Okay. Okay, there was not Stevie B. They were not listening to a freaking hip hop like that. They really got into a hip hop as a conglomerate in the mid nineties. That's when I saw Puerto Rican really got involved in hip hop. They were they were there. There was you know there was a few uh, in, you know break dancers, graffiti artists, b boys, and who taught them how to dance? Puerto Rican taught them how to dance, or Black American taught them how to dance? It was Black American who taught them how to dance, how to dress, all that stuff. Wearing those uh, kangaroo hat, 
the freaking Adidas with the with the uh, suede uh, Adidas outfit. Puerto Rican wasn't rocking shit like that. It was Black American that was rocking stuff like that. Black, black American give them the swag, teach them how to dress. You know who's they are the standard. Okay, me I'm Caribbean. I'm not from here. I will never shit on Black American. I I can never do that. My heart won't let me do that. So for those of you who are making millions of dollars on the hip hop culture, then you turn around and say your your culture was influencing it. No, Mexican did not influence hip hop. It was hip hop that influenced Mexican culture. Same thing with the Mexican. But so far we have heard uh, Fat Joe make, said Puerto Rican was involved 50-50. 50-50 how, Fat Joe? Where, Fat Joe? Where, 50-50 how? How Puerto Rican was involved in 50-50 in hip-hop? Meanwhile, in the 70s, there were no hip-hop clubs in, in, in Puerto Rico. Even in the 80s. Those of you from the island can concur to what I've just said. There was no hip-hop. Um, even in the 90s, too, there was no hip-hop club in, in Puerto Rico. Maybe in the mid-90s, probably late 90s. But I have a lot of Puerto Rican friends that travel there. Their parents travel to Puerto Rico every other year. They didn't have no hip-hop club in, in Puerto Rico. Stop the bullshit. Same thing with Jamaica. They didn't have no hip-hop club in Jamaica in the 80s and the 90s. No. They have dance hall, but no no strictly hip-hop club. So I'm the Jamaican wasn't fucking with hip-hop until they got here. So a lot of Jamaican that were global, they came to the States. Shaba Ranks, Patra, Supercat, Beanie Man, Bujo Bunton. They were popular in Jamaica. They were popular in the Caribbean islands. Not all of some of the Caribbean islands. But for them to go global, they had to come to the States. Same thing with a lot of African artists who are claiming that Afrobeats was popping. Yeah, in Africa. But it wasn't popping here in the States. And nobody know of you until you come to the United States. Same thing with Davido. Davido, is, Davido you know, he's Nigerian. You know he's full of shit. So he wasn't popping like that. So what I'm saying is that we must pay homage to black American culture. For those of you, and I heard Africans say the same dumb shit. Oh, right. these niggas, uh, they don't have the culture. I speak Ngungu, and I'm, I'm, I wear my Kenta cloth. No, nigga, you in America. We're not in fucking Africa right now. You in America. Stop with the buffoonery. Stop with the BS. Black American have a culture. You copy it. You imitate it. Your children imitate it every single day. So their culture is the most prominent on the globe. No other culture comes close except Caribbean culture. That's it. Caribbean culture is the only culture that comes close to black American culture. But the rest of it, they are the standard. They are the golden standard for fashion, for music, for political stuff, everything. They are the gold, they are the standard. This is why everything that they do go viral every single time. It goes viral. What is the takeaway from this this um, thing here? Fat Joe and Buster Rhyme must give a sincere apology to black American because that art form had make you guys multi-millionaire. That art form had buy you home, pay your student uh, college, send your kids to college, okay? Put money in your bank account, buy you a nice luxury car, make you travel all around the world. Ask Fat Joe, would Merengue take him all around the world? No. Because he didn't, he didn't grow up in Puerto Rico. He grew up in the Bronx. Okay? If he was a merengue artist, I don't know, there's exceptions to like Mark Anthony. He, you know, people know him for salsa. But I'm just saying, Ricky Martin, Ricky Martin 
Jennifer Lopez, all of them, they got the start in the state. They wasn't popping in the Bronx. She's from the Bronx. She wasn't popping in the Bronx. And Ricky Martin wasn't popping in fucking Puerto Rico. Let's keep it. He was popular in Morudo, but he had to come here and maybe become a global icon. America put the, we, black American, not me. When I say we, I'm referring to black American. They make him popular here. We are, you know, the Spanish, of course, they're going to help, they're going to support him. But black American make him popular. He worked with a lot of black producers. You didn't know that. But what I'm saying is that black American have a culture. Whenever I hear you guys say that dumb crap, it pains my heart. It show me your level of intellect, your level of understanding. Because you have no brain cell for making that dumbass statement. Oh, black Americans have no culture. No, yes, they do. Their culture is the most prominent, the most influenced culture in the globe. No other, no other culture came close except Caribbean culture. But stop. It's stop. you guys pay homage. You see, the time is changing now. We got next. Black American got next. Haitian got next. We got next. So what I'm saying to you is that it's time you guys pay homage. Stop arguing. Stop lying on, on the culture. You, we use the culture. We enjoy the culture. We need to pay homage to the pioneers. Now, Tariq have come out saying he's going to create a documentary. You know, you guys should support the documentary. Okay? So go ahead, check out Tariq and support the documentary. Shout out to Dan Calorie. Lord Jamal, too. Shout out to Lord Jamal. He gave his perspective because he, too, he's from Long Island or Yonkers. Right there, Yonkers. He's from Yonkers. So what I'm saying is Lord Jamal came out. He said the same thing. He said, how could Jamaican influence hip-hop? It's the other way around. And Busta Rhyme, you are rapping like a black American. Your whole swagger is black American. You were not claiming Jamaica when you was a, a part of the leader of the new school. You were not claiming Jamaica. You didn't claim Jamaica until like late 90s, early 2000s. That's when you start, you know, rapping in Patois. You wasn't rapping in Patois back in the early 90s, the mid-90s. No, you were rapping in strictly American style. I knew you were Jamaican, but a lot of people didn't know you were Jamaican. The more I listened, I said, oh, yeah, he must, he must be Jamaican. But only a few of us knew he was Jamaican, but most people didn't know. Until he came out and said, he's Jamaican. A lot of them were like that. You know, they, they, even Lord Jamal, Lord, shout out to Lord Jamal. Lord Jamal have said it. He said there's a lot of artists that mentioned they know they were Jamaican or Puerto Rican. Now, uh, Fajo, when Fajo came out, he was repping Puerto Rico. He wasn't repping it to the full blown. He was repping it in the second album. But the first album, he was strictly black American style. Okay? In the second album, that's when he started saying, he started, you know, rapping uh, Puerto Rican. And the third album, he started mentioning Puerto Rico like that. But the first album, go listen to his first album. There was no mention of Puerto Rico at all. It was the second album or the third album. I think it's the third album. That's where he started talking about Puerto Rican culture. Okay? So... Puerto Rican culture did not influence hip-hop. It was hip-hop that influenced Borica culture. Same thing with Jamaican. Jamaican, reggae, Jamaican culture that influenced hip-hop. It was hip-hop that influenced Jamaican culture. This is why in the 80s and the 90s, most Jamaican artists, they was doing remix of R&B ballads and hip-hop hits. So let's keep it a buck. Let's keep it real. I used to listen to those records. And you too...
You should listen to those rights. Stop lying on the culture, man. Stop lying. It pains my heart. And those of you who are producers, who are journalists, historians, don't let those guys say those dumb shit to your podcast or your show. You need to check them and say, brother, brother, pump your brakes. No. Puerto Rico did not influence hip-hop. Okay? They did not influence. They participated in it. They were not pioneer of breakdancing, graffiti, b-boying. A lot of those b-boy stuff they were doing in the 80s, they were already played out. Lord Jamal said it. A lot of other people have said it. Those styles was already played out. They were doing those styles in the early 70s. So that by the you know, mid 80s, that shit was played out. Now Crazy Leg have said it. He said, no, Puerto Rican did not create hip-hop, but they were there. Like I just give you the example. Just because you're invited, that means you're not the host. You're just a guest. So black people have invited you to the culture, but, but they didn't invite you. You just participate in it because you like it. You like the swag, you like the fashion, you like the, the dance move. You like the whole thing, the whole, the hest, everything you copy. It's the, same that we, it's the same scenario of Elvis. Elvis copied everything from his hairstyle, his dancing, singing style, everything. He copied everything except for his skin tone. That's it. But it is time we pay homage to the culture. This is why black Americans, they're waking up. They want to get keep their culture because... Like Tariq, I got to give a big shout out to Tariq Nasheed. He said it is a curse, a gift and a curse. They are very welcome to, they welcome everybody into their culture. On the flip side, nobody welcomed them in their culture. That's their hypocrisy with a lot of you guys that, that migrate here, whether it's African, Caribbean, Asian, European, Arabs. All of you are hypocrites because you participate in the culture, but you, you hate black people. I don't get this. It's the same. My, that mindset is a, is a detrimental mindset. We need to get rid of this mindset. It's not going to work moving forward. It will, it will not work moving forward. This is when we must teach our, our children the true history of what happened instead of just, you know, fantasies. But I'll leave you with this. Many are called, only a few are chosen. We got next. Take care. Follow me on Instagram at, on, at John Rosenberg. Uh, look into um, Lifestyle. You can follow me on Twitter. Um, you can also follow me on Facebook at John Rosenberg. I'm also on TikTok. Go check me out on TikTok, John Rosenberg. One God, one love, one nation. Take care.